It's almost Cougar football Saturday, Craig. Woo! Woo! I'm ready for a, a win, please. Yeah, that'd be nice. I think I think we could use one of those. Yeah, it's been a while. The season's half over, dude. I know. And it feels like <sighs> when you don't have a conference win, it feels like the season hasn't even started. I, I'm still I'll be honest. I don't know I don't know how you feel sort of about this, but every time like it gets brought up that we don't have a conference win or we're zero and three in the pac 12, like it's still for some reason is not just registering. Like, I don't know if it's cause I never really look at standings. Um, at least not that often. And so like, I, I don't think I've actually looked at standings that have us at the bottom with zero and three. So maybe that's why it's like, I don't know. My brain is just sort of refusing to, to believe that we are zero and three, that sounds like, great, man. I want to live I, in your world. Yeah, I mean, I don't. <laughs> it's like I know we're zero and three. It's just like I, I don't know. I'm like, you know, oh, maybe they can get their first conference win, and, and like my brain knows we don't have a conference win, and then like, but like somewhere inside me, it's like, oh, they're fine. And it's like they're not fine at all. <laughs> you know. Well, hopefully, uh, this is podcast versus everyone and with me i am craig powers and with me as always is jeff newser who might think that the cougs are six and oh i'm not sure <laughs> yeah just just call me pollyanna yeah, yeah. that's me <laughs> la 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 everything's great yeah currently know. watching uh well i'm not watching at the moment but was watching ucla destroy stanford and i was every- and, and I got to admit that makes me happy on a number of levels. Mm, I just it well whenever I turn to it UCLA was doing something shitty and that just gives me a pang. I'm yeah. Like, there's definitely some of that. Like I saw I saw uh DTR throw a horrible interception and I'm like, "Why why couldn't he do that against us?" He did do that once against us. Well, do it a lot. He needed to do it a couple more times. Yeah. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this isn't about this isn't well, we more UCLA. We don't want to relive UCLA. No, nope, this this is the Colorado preview. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which this is this is I'm not gonna lie, writing up this preview, one of the most fun, like or just interesting previews to write because uh you use that Spider Man meme yep. um in your in your Monday column, but yeah. Like yep. these these Which Michael these, talked about on his podcast too. Like it, yeah. it really does fit. Yeah, it, it fits for this. So, yeah, the, the, this is two teams with very good offenses and horrendous defenses. Like, deep offenses that belong in at, in a top-tier conference and offenses, offenses that belong at the top tier of the top tier of a top-tier conference and defenses that belong in the FCS. So, it's like, it's pretty crazy. Um, so going through that, well, let's start, let's start with Colorado's offense against the WSU defense. Cause we always start with the more depressing side and then yeah. we end on a higher note. Yeah. I like that. Um, and, and, and we will end on a high note today once we get into that Coug offense versus the defense. Um, so yeah, Colorado's offense, obviously the headline that the guy everyone wants to talk about LaVisca Chenault, um, Real playmaker, although I don't know if you've noticed, it seems that uh, in Oregon, after he missed Arizona and missed most of Arizona State after being hurt during that game, they kind of dialed back 
um, his touches. He had four catches for 70 yards, which is very good, but he didn't uh, carry the ball, which he had done about three times per game before that early in the season. And he didn't return kicks, which is that one of his actually his most impactful um, attributes is his ability to return kicks. So it'll be interesting to see if he does either of those things against the Cougs because that that's definitely something that could he could make an impact doing doing both of those on the end arounds and returning kicks. Yeah, I, that's definitely an indicator that he's not fully healthy because you know you're you're avoiding the situations where he's not going to get hit right i mean if he's carrying the ball if he's kick returning he's definitely going to get hit as a wide receiver you know you're going to get hit but you've also maybe got the opportunity to duck out of a hit you know just kind of protect yourself a little bit in a way that you you know otherwise wouldn't be able to if you were running the ball or if you're kick returning it's unfortunate that he well i mean let me rephrase it's fortunate for us <laughs> that he appears to be um, a little bit fragile. Um, it's unfortunate for everyone else, including you know just college football fans in general, that such a dynamic talent has a hard time staying healthy. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's definitely going to be interesting if he can't do those things. Um, and I'm sure we're going to you know talk about the weather at some point. But if he can't do those things, I mean that's a definitely a benefit for us simply because, you know, the passing games figured to be muted to some degree, you know, by the weather. And so if he's, if he's limited to just, you know, throws, then, you know, hopefully that, uh, that means that his impact is, uh, is a little bit depressed. Yeah, definitely. And as you alluded to the passing games, um, uh, could be muted a little bit, uh, not just cause the rain, cause the wind, Right. Um, but but definitely on Colorado's side, the passing game is their best asset. Um, Montez seems like he's been there forever because he yes. has. Yes, he uh, has. Because he started for three years now and, and played quite a bit as a freshman. Yep. So, so yeah, and he's basically been the same guy his whole career. <laughs> Hasn't changed yep. a lot. He's been a little – he's definitely thrown the ball a little more this year, been a little bit more productive than he was last year. Um, probably more um, explosive as he was his sophomore year. Um, cause I think he was battling some injuries last year. Uh, but, but yeah, so uh, obviously his last game was awful. He threw four picks. I, I wouldn't really – um, take that as any sort of predictive thing for the Coug game um, because Oregon's defense looks pretty amazing um, and WSU is not going to harass uh, Montez the same way. So uh, you definitely won't won't see that. Uh, but if you look at the rest of his season, uh, you know, 10 touchdowns, two picks, he's been pretty good. Um, one thing when I was when I was going through the numbers, uh, they're they're pretty good staying on schedule with the pass, um, and what they're particularly good at is uh, passing downs, um, and a lot of that is because they are able to get themselves in sort of those middle of the road passing downs, so the four to six yards, and that's where Montez has done really well. Um, he's completed seventy percent of his passes. Um, eight eight point six yards a pass uh, on on those on those middle middle of the road. So um, you look at uh, Colorado that they they actually on success rate standard down success rate um, they are ninety uh, in the nineties. Um, so they are not they are not good at staying on schedule. Um, but when they get to the, but they can stay good enough 
to where they're in like a me- medium passing down, um, then they can convert pretty well because um, on passing downs, uh, they're rated pretty highly. So uh, yeah, so they're, they're pretty effective on passing downs, but they do, like many teams, uh, stick to the run quite a bit um, on first down, um, which is crazy because uh, their, their passing game is definitely their more effective uh, route of moving the ball. Um, but it, it kind of looks like Jeff that Mel Tucker is more in line with trying to, you know, do that fifty-fifty. And 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 all. And if you look at the numbers, they are literally. So if you if you factor in kind of sacks as passes and things like that, they're like almost exactly fifty percent runs right. and passes. Yeah. Well, that's what you get when you import a defensive coordinator from the SEC. What do you expect? Well, exactly. Yeah. We're gonna run the ball. We are going to be physical. We are going to win in the trenches. And yeah, we'll talk about their defense later, which is sort of the hilarious part. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like their defense is so bad, but it's like, you know, yeah, we're going to run and we're going to be physical, and you know, maybe not take advantage of the fact that we have a a senior quarterback who's seen tons of things. I mean, that, that's the thing with Montez. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody thinks he's good. But it's like it's a testament to how um, effective you can be as a college quarterback if you just play enough, right? Like right. if you, right. you know, and, and obviously Gardner Minshew was on a different plane, but I think Minshew is was sort of a testament to that to some degree too. Like you know, when you play enough and you see enough reps and you see enough uh, enough different defenses, enough coverages, enough whatever. You know, there comes a point where you've sort of seen everything. And even if your talent is marginal or above average or or whatever you want to consider it, um, you know, at the college level, you can have a lot of success just by sort of having a clue. And, you know, I think everybody sort of agrees with Anthony Gordon that what he's doing right now is is a function of having been around. Now, obviously, he hasn't seen the same sort of live game reps. And so some of the struggles that we see, I think, are an outgrowth of that. But the command of the offense, you know, is, is I think, you know, a function of just having repped it you know, to such a, an extreme degree over the last four years. So, uh, Montez, you know, sort of fits into that category for me. You, you see guys like this, you know, where it's like, you know, you just, they start for three or four years and, you know, by that last year, um, you know, they've just, they've sort of seen it all and, and they can at least figure out a way to be effective, um, you know, rather than, than sort of be clueless. So accepted you know, against Oregon's defense. Yeah, except against Oregon's defense, which, you know, that's that's going to happen to just about everybody this year, I think, because yep. that defense is really – I was going to watch Colorado-Oregon, and then I just was like, nah. nah. <laughs> you know, I, was like, I was like, I'm not going to learn anything from watching that. Like, the, the gap between Oregon's defense and our defense is, like, Grand Canyon-esque, so I don't think I'm going to learn much, but – Right, and uh... – yeah, it's uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, having a senior back there that, that's that helps a lot. And then they have some pretty talented receivers. Uh, that's why they're able to convert. You know, once again, it's another yeah. team against WSU's defense, who is bad at most everything, but particularly yeah. bad in on passing downs and allowing big yard, big passing plays. Um, they, uh, it's a crazy thing. They are WSU is 
21st in yards to go against on third down. So like the 21st fewest yards to go against or most yards to go against. So they're facing like third and longs. They're getting to third and long quite a bit, but yep. they're, but they're 87th in third down success rate. And, and what's the su- success rate incredible. on third down is defined by converting the third down. Right. So they, they, uh, they, they are just, they're just getting lit up in the passing game. So once again, you have another team that that is their best attribute is they're getting to that third and long and they're converting it. That's the same as what Arizona state was like. Um, So uh, same as, well, we saw um, Utah do that same thing. We saw UCLA do the same thing. So there's no doubt in my mind um, that Colorado can do it again. Um, You know, wind, um, if wind isn't too much of a factor or whatever, um, but yeah, so that's, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, what do you say? Like every time, like you can break down, you find the weakness, but then there's a yeah. lot of weaknesses for WSU. Yeah. So you kind of look at what the other team doesn't do well. And for Colorado, yeah. that's running the ball. They, yeah. um, 105th in yards per carry and they still rush the ball like a lot, um, more than most teams got to control that clock craig yeah of course not yeah and uh they run the ball actually a little bit more than arizona state i think um but one one thing they do do well is they don't get tackled behind the line very often and they don't get tackled at the line and that's why you see they are actually also they're actually um pretty high and they do pretty well in having shorter um, third down. So, um, even though they're not there because they're running, they're running on first down more, more often than not. Um, but at, they're at least getting like two or three yards yeah. rather than, you know, not getting tackled in the backfield. Um, and because Montez doesn't get sacked, sacked very much. Um, he's only been sacked seven times all year. Um, they're really not, they're not getting negative plays. They're not getting havoc plays. Uh, they're avoiding those, um, with the Oregon, um, game with the interceptions is, is the exception, but they've really avoided the big negative plays. And that's, that's honestly, that's all I could gather as to why they have such a high SP plus rating. Yeah. uh, It's very strange. Yeah. As what is it? 13th, 14th. Uh, but they've been roughly 12 to 14th, like all year. But none of their peripherals are that good. Like they're they're not they're not, I mean their success rate is ninety fifth. You know that's that's not good or ninety fourth. Right. Um, yeah. The, so the the peripherals they're not that explosive overall. I think they're sixty first in explosion or something or something around there. Um, they're not that explosive of a team. They're not as successful as a team. And these are what go into this. Um, they've played two good defenses or one really good defense, one decent defense and then a bunch of crap. So I don't think they're getting a big schedule adjustment and they well, were especially also- when you when you consider that the game against Oregon they didn't do anything. Right. Like you might get a bump if you had played, you know, pretty well against that really good defense, but they didn't. <laughs> so yeah. And they probably are getting a bump from Arizona State cuz WSU definitely did. Uh they went from they had dropped to 6, they went back up to 4th after playing Arizona State. Yeah. Um so, but I can't think it's that big of a jump, you know. I don't. No. I don't know. Um, so I, there's something there. So what I what I could just gather is, is because they're so good at just like avoiding negative plays and and, and keeping like keeping it in third and manageable um, that they just they're able to move the ball more um, than you know a, an offense that would normally have some of their peripherals. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it really comes down to me once again. Um, those passing downs and WSU is god awful 
in those yeah. situations. Um, I mean, is is it anything more, do you think, than just preventing big plays? Like, I'm tempted to be like, this is really just about preventing the 85 yard, the 40 yard run, the, you know what I mean? Like why WSU is giving up the third and 10 is because they don't right, want the 80 right. yard. Yes. And, and you know, you look at, and I know the 85 yard touchdown wasn't on third down, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, um, they obviously have a problem with explosive plays and, you know, if they can limit the explosive plays, you have to think, okay, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe they stand a chance. And, you know, against Arizona State, you, you just, you wonder, like, you know, if they don't give up, you know, an 85-yard touchdown pass, if they don't give up a 40-yard touchdown pass, if they don't give up a 35-yard touchdown run on third down. Like, I mean, those are three plays that all went for, you know, 35 yards plus. And it's like, you know, at some point, you got to stop those. You're not going to survive giving up, you know, three of those. You're just, you're not. And, um it seems like Colorado is kind of dependent on those to some degree, um, you know, needing some of those big plays to, to sort of bail themselves out of the, the long yardage situations that they put themselves in with the poor running game. Um, you know, if this team, if the Cougars are truly committed to getting back to or recommitting to um, speed D philosophy, I mean, speed D philosophy was, you know, keep guys in front and rally to the ball. So I, you well, know, and there I was lots of tackles for loss were in that too. Yeah. And, so that was and I don't part. see that coming in this. That game. is true. That yeah. is true. You know, and that, so that was the counterbalance, right? You're kind of, you're playing a little soft on the outside and yeah, you're going to give up some completions, but you're also going to get some sacks and obviously the sacks aren't there yet. So yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, if, if, well, they were against Arizona state, so that's a little bit of hope. You they know, did they, get a few, they got a few early when Arizona state was struggling with what looked like some pretty simple twists up front, but right. you know, at any rate, they, they got a few. So, you know, that definitely played into, um, Arizona state getting out of the gate kind of slow. So yeah, I don't, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe they can, they can do a little bit of that and, you know, shore up their technique a little bit in the open field. I mean, if Marcus strong can, you know, or, or the safeties or whoever can simply just make a guy slow down for a beat until some, somebody else can rally to the, to the runner and, and try and bring him down, you know, then maybe you can bend, but not break if you're lucky, you know, that sort of thing. Also, um, Montez is not as good as Jaden Daniels. No, um, he's not. So, I yeah, Arizona State's offense is worse, but I think maybe, I don't know that they're going to be worse for that much longer. To be honest, yeah, I know they just stay. Yeah, like they, the last they, couple weeks, including even ours, against, I, against Cal, they they right. were showing more. Even granted, it's us, but against Cal, they look pretty okay. You've got a true freshman who's figuring some stuff out. I I, I think that. I think it may turn out that ASU offense is actually pretty decent. Yeah. So unless it's uh, barring being intentionally held back by, um, you know, offensive philosophy and things like that. Yeah. Which I, I, what I saw in that, we won't talk about ASU too much, but what I saw is that I, I, I think that ASU's coaching staff saw that they could benefit from a few more passes and they did. Um, And then, then the running game kind of opened up in the second half for them because of that. But, um, but yeah, so the running game, um, Colorado's is bad, but Arizona States was not, was struggling as well. Um, it just seems like WSU doesn't have the talent right now to make a team pay who doesn't, who has a shaky 
offensive line in yeah. terms of run blocking. Like they just don't yeah. have they don't have the players that can make you pay for that. Sure and, seems like it. Um, one one of my hosts was they did seem to grab Eno Benjamin, you know, sometimes behind the line, sometimes at the line, sometimes you know three yards downfield, and then he would break a tackle and get another couple yards. Like pretty almost pretty much every time he touched the ball. Um, I I don't know I I don't know Colorado's running backs that good, but I I don't think they have the kind of. Uh, the that break the ability to break tackles that you know Benjamin has so hopefully our guys can um I don't know tackle a little better and maybe hold down some of those runs because really they're this the 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 buffs are another bad running team but I'm still have a hard time saying that WSU is going to stop them in the run anyway (laughs) so it's It's hard to imagine them stopping anybody at anything ever yeah it is um so yeah, but so yeah, that's the um, I I don't know like it I, I Colorado bottom line Colorado's gonna score some points um, whether be damned they'll still score some points um, yeah. uh, like the they 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 don't have anything particularly incredible about their offense but somehow they score points and they do it and um, they seem to have the right sort of things to um, punish WSU's weaknesses which is i mean is the whole thing but but uh it, they're more particular weaknesses um they're more infuriating weaknesses i should say um mm-hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm expecting colorado and like if if this was a, a clear night i i think that colorado be you know moving the ball pretty well um and we'll get into that when wsu has the ball as well um but yeah so colorado colorado offense probably pretty good not 100 percent sure but probably pretty good um and uh, wsc defense definitely very bad um so uh look for points on that side um so that that's that's the first kind of part of this good offense versus bad defense and i guess before we can get in get into our side of the that coin uh maybe we should take a break that sounds good And we're back. All right. Ninja Buy that Warrior. Thing. Listen to that podcast. Yeah. Ninja Whatever Warrior podcast. I don't yeah, know. It might maybe be. it was. It, or maybe it, it might was have a, been. Or we, uh, there was some other. The Shutdown Full Cast shows up a lot yeah. too. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, all right. Coog offense. This is more fun. Finally against a truly bad defense again. Um, after playing two solid defenses, making one look pretty bad, making one look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. it's we are once again back in Pullman against a uh, 113th SP plus rated Colorado defense and and unlike with their offense where they're rated highly but you can't quite figure it out you definitely know why Colorado <laughs> is rated poorly in defense because they suck at pretty much everything mm-hmm. they suck at defending the pass they suck at defending the run they suck on passing downs they suck on standard downs they suck in the, re- the, the okay they suck in scoring opportunity rate touchdown rate one thing they're decent at is red zone touchdown rate we'll talk about that in a little bit uh, when we talk about kind of the overall uh, look of the game but but yeah so wsu is still just torching people in the passing game um uh incredible numbers i mean uh, we when you're talking about they are uh 
what we got third in passing success rate, 13th in yards per pass, and ninth in passing down success rate. So their passing game is crazy good. Still more explosive even this year than than usual. Colorado's allowing a lot of explosive plays and passes. Colorado is 125th in yards allowed per pass. Colorado is uh, giving up 48.5% success rate on passes. That's very bad. Um, they're giving up 40% um, conversions on um passing downs that's uh, that's really bad um they only create havoc on 13 percent of plays uh, which we talked about last week is interceptions fumbles sacks um things of that nature yeah, and pass defenses uh and negative plays uh the 122nd in that uh their passing uh defense is awful like it's just straight awful um, again, if this was a clear day, that uh, this would be drop seventy all over the place, um, but it's not. Um, weather forecast says ten to twenty mile per hour winds, which is a bigger deal than the rain. Um, but I, I just uh, I still think that WSU is going to be able to pass the ball on these guys because um, I, I it's just they're such a bad pass defense. Um, and a bad defense overall, um, 124th in yards per play, 112th in success rate on standard downs, uh, 123rd in, in success rate overall. Like they're just like over a hundred in almost every category, um, in defense. Uh, I, I'm, I, it's, it's going to be hard for Gordon not to be tempted to just throw the ball around. Um, even if it's impacted by wind, because it's just going to, guys are probably going to be open. Um, and so the, it'll just be like, is the wind so bad that he can't hit them? Um, which we've seen that happen before. We actually happened against Colorado last year to Gardner Minshew. Um, uh, Gordon has a better arm than Minshew. Uh, maybe that doesn't impact him as much. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, it's definitely gonna be an impact. Um, but I still think guys are going to be open. And uh, I expect uh, Gordon and company to still have a pretty good day in the passing game despite the weather just because Colorado's passing defense is awful. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you're not having to thread the ball into really tight windows, you know, the wind maybe doesn't make as big of a difference. Um, And, you know, and so many of our passes are, uh, you know, short to medium type throws you know it's not like we're necessarily bombing it all over the field that's where you know Minshew really was sort of like surprised by last year's game you know he was trying to throw a you know a 20 yard pass or whatever and it would and it sailed you know five yards to pass the receiver and five yards away from him you know so um and obviously Gordon will throw some of that stuff downfield but yeah um but, you know, lately, you know, he's tended not to not to really take a lot of those, you know, what you might consider shots, you know. So I think the question is really whether the wind affects those, you know, those intermediate throws. Those are the ones where where you really can do uh, can do the damage. And, you know, if he's not trying to, you know, put some air under those, um, you know, something like a Y cross, right, where the, the inside receiver on the right, you know, goes across the field. And, and a lot of times we'll settle in in that little pocket behind the linebackers, but in front of the safeties, that's about, you know, 15 to 20 yards downfield and you kind of float it in there. Um, as long as the wind's not wreaking too much havoc with those kinds of throws, 
Um, you should be all right. What, what you really don't want is, you know, the wind messing with those kinds of throws and maybe, um, you know, something takes off on him or whatever and lands in the hands of a safety. So I think that's the main concern. I don't really worry too much about the accuracy overall, but, um, you know, this, you know, this kind of game where when you've got, you know, two sort of relatively equal offenses and two sort of relatively equally terrible defenses, uh, you know, weirdness could really, you know, play an outsized role, um, you know, a fumble or an interception or whatever. And for whatever reason, we've had some pretty shitty luck on that front with both of those things this year. So, um, here's to hope and maybe that luck starts to turn around on uh, Saturday. Well, yeah, definitely. And, uh, um, having Arcanado back will pr- hopefully huge. open up, open up more of those yeah, middle, huge. middle throws. Um, which I mean, obviously Gordon said uh, he probably wasn't supposed to say that, but probably um, not. <laughs> but uh, but he did, and and I believe him. I mean, it's weird because Arcanado's been happy and healthy all this time, right? I know. I thought he was just hanging it's out. Very strange. You know? He he was just letting other people play yeah. his position. But in all seriousness, the the other people who played his position didn't produce like he did, and some of that may be a function of you know Utah and Arizona State. But at the same time, um, I think I think it's it's real that you know the guy who played there, Renard Bell, um, you know, just didn't produce as well as Arcanado did, and that's not some huge slight on Bell. Obviously, he's changed positions, whatever. That's that's not an easy thing for these guys because they um, they really do just the receivers just focus on one position. But um, you know, frankly, he just wasn't as productive. And so getting Arcanado back would be really great on a number of fronts. It adds another body to the wide receiver rotation, um, gives a little more flexibility personnel-wise. Um, it's just a good thing all around, really good thing all around for the offense. Yeah, and I will say um, Colorado's rush defense is pretty much just as bad as its pass defense. So if the weather is so bad um, and uh, – Gordon wants to hand it off to Max a few extra times. I'm sure he would love to uh, to show out against his hometown t- or his home state team again. Yeah, he definitely um, enjoyed it last year. Yes, he did. Uh, so I, I actually still, even if 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 Borgie gets 15 carries, um, I could see him getting 100 yards in this game. Yeah, um, and and I expect him to pick up some i i i fully expect this to be a pretty good big game for max um in both the passing and running i i think he's he he if the kooks can uh come out on top he'll be in line for some potential player of the week awards so um i i think this could be a a nice a nice game for him i he he uh, like he loved uh um he loved playing in Colorado last year, and I'm sure he'll love playing against Colorado again. And uh, and that probably pains them quite a bit because he was once a Colorado commit, yes. Uh, yes. but he and wanted I, to come. He wanted to come air raid. I don't think he regrets his decision either. I, I don't think he does. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, I think 15 carries is a good target. By the way, I think that would be you know we obviously a lot of our fans are clamoring for more uh, more rushing attempts. Um, I was listening, you know, we, we, I think we both listened to, uh, the Coog talk podcast and Connor right. Halliday is, you know, advocating for more rushing. Everybody wants more rushing attempts. Um, but, uh, you know, I, there's only so much you can do, you know, within the confines of the air raid. 
um, you know, with that. But I think I think 15 runs for him plus whatever, you know, uh, five-ish, you know, touches he gets in the passing game. I think, you know, if he's right around 20 touches, um, I think you're feeling pretty good about, you know, getting the ball into his hands enough time. I, I don't know. Does that, does that sound about right to you? Yeah, yeah, I, I would think so. Um, uh, especially given that Gordon does not use the running backs as much as no. previous no, uh, quarterbacks have done. Yeah, there was a story in the spokesman today or, or yesterday um, about just sort of the, the distribution of targets and or the distribution of receptions as it was, um, which I think was it was a little off base because they you know, classified H and Y and didn't quite do it right and whatever. But the big, big takeaway was that, you know, last year, 30% of the receptions had gone to the running backs and this year it's 15%. That's a massive, drastic drop off. Uh, most of that has now gone to the Z receiver. So, you know, there you go. But it's, it's pretty Where wild. Probably our two best receivers. Right. Are. Yeah. With, with Patman and Winston. So yeah. That's great. I mean, it makes total sense. It's just kind of wild to think, um, you know, we got used to seeing so many throws to the running backs last year and especially the year before with Falk. And so now you all of a sudden you have a quarterback who wants to put the ball in the hands of his receivers. And yeah, it's like it's definitely a pretty striking, stunning difference. Tomorrow might be one of those games where. Yeah, Borgie just, you know, he gets some rushes and he gets some more of those swing passes just because of the conditions. So, I, you know, it's I think 20 targets or 20, 20 touches, I think, is a pretty good target for, for Borgie. I think just on a weekly basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he is uh, probably our most dynamic yeah. guy with the ball in his hands. So, yeah. And um, I think always, he needs always... the ball in his hands about that much. It doesn't yep. need to be a force feed. It doesn't need to be... Uh, you know, some sort of super concerted effort. But I, I do think there are times where, you know, the quarterback needs to just, you know, when it might be borderline, hand the ball off. It's okay. <laughs> you know, it's if, if you're looking at it and you're going, eh, I'm not sure, I think I've got leverage here. It's okay to hand the ball off. And I know why it doesn't happen when the ball's in the hands of the quarterback and the quarterback's the one basically making the play call. The quarterback's going to trust himself, right? So, I understand that, but, you know, hopefully, uh, Gordon is, is maybe getting enough confidence to, uh, to say it's okay. Let, let Borgie go and and do his thing. Yep. So you basically have, you have, you have, uh, two offenses. They're going to move the ball on these defenses. Um, one thing that I, I kind of looked at in my preview is, okay, so all things even on those sides, um, really it's going to come down to, they're both going to find themselves deep in, deep in uh the opposition territory we call it a scoring opportunity if they're inside the 40 obviously red the red zone opportunity is a traditional stat that everyone uses um both uh both defenses do a lot better when they're in the red zone um they they actually are pretty decent nationally in um preventing touchdowns once in the red zone um they uh wsu get is pretty is about middle of the road nationally and um, allowing touchdowns on scoring opportunities. Um, Colorado a little worse. Um, so that's, it's going to be interesting to see that could be a difference maker for WSU. If they can convert more of those opportunities um, once they're in there. Um, I think having a guy like Max Borgie in the run game probably has helped that touchdown rate for WSU. They're very good. Um, they're, 
eleventh in score in in cashing in scoring opportunities for touchdowns, um, and uh, they're pretty high in the red zone as well. I think like seventeenth or something in touchdown rate. And I, I think you know having guys like uh, Esau Winston who is very difficult to guard in short spaces, and and, and having guys like Max Borgie who's very difficult to tackle in between the tackles so um that has helped them um so yeah it'll be interesting to see if uh if wsu does that um explosive plays uh like you said weirdness um could definitely um play a factor both bad defenses which means uh explosive plays can happen and they, and they have in the past so um i think wsu's offense is a little better at that uh so hopefully they'll they're the ones to get a couple of those big plays and not let Colorado stiffen up in the red zone or whatever. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's my hope. Um, I think overall, man, WSU is better and they're at home, but it's not such a vast gap that it's a guarantee for, uh, for, for the Cougs to come away with one. Yeah. The, the spread seems rather, uh, crazy. I mean, it's not when you when you look at the numbers, it's not that crazy. Um, but uh, I think maybe we're kind of just because. Uh, um, well, we're WSU definitely reeling a bit. I mean, yeah, Davis no is reeling that. a bit, but yeah. Um, Even just as fans, like yeah. like for me, I'm just like I can't imagine us beating anyone by two touchdowns yeah. right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe they could, but I can't see it at the moment. Yeah. Because of the defense, yeah. Right. Because it's exactly. just, it seems like they're not going to stop anyone. I mean, and I could see this game being seven to 10 points. Like, I don't know that I see it being 11 plus, if that makes sense. Um, but. All right. Well, let's get yeah. into the, uh, yeah. let's get into the prediction. Predictions. All right. You go first, as always. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I could see it being seven to 10 points. Um, I think it'll probably be less than that. Um, I I fully expect this game to be some sort of crazy. Uh, I don't know if that comes from turnovers, from conditions, from special teams, from something. But uh, but I, I I just it just has the mark of a game that's going to be very very weird, and weird stuff is going to happen. Now, hopefully, for the first time this year, the weird stuff happens in our benefit and in our favor. Um, because it's been sort of bananas how little of that has, uh, has come around our direction. So, uh, I, you know, I am hoping for that, but you know, I'm not positive it's going to happen. Um, I do think that the Cougars win. I do think it's probably a touchdown or less. Um, and I do think that the score is probably in the, I think the winning score is in the low to mid forties. So let's go like 42-35. Let's do that. 42-35. So I, did, I just said less than a touchdown, but now I'm like saying a touchdown. So. Right at a touchdown. Right but at a touchdown. Covering. Not covering, though. I, 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 <sighs> I, like I said, it, you know, it's probably where we're at right now that we just can't imagine that. And, I mean, I feel like, look, I'm all, I'm all over the place right now. I mean, I, you know, obviously we expected a big UCLA, big win over UCLA, which – was like, you know, three quarters of the way to happening and then fell apart. Um, you know, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure we both predicted wins against Utah or did you, did you No, we not? both predicted losses against Utah. I'm pretty did sure. Did we? 
Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we thought, oh, maybe it was like we thought we were going to lose close and then we got blown. I just remember yes. being way off. That's that's probably what it was. I remember being way off. And then, of course, I predicted a big win last weekend and, you know, whatever. So uh, I just feel like I, I really don't have a beat on this team. About the only thing I expect is that um, that they won't come out flat. I, I do think that a fourth loss in a row – uh, pretty much spells doom for the season. Um, yep. And so for that reason, I expect that they will come out strong. I uh, expect that they did last week, right? You know, if there was, if there was an opportunity for a mentally weak team to fall apart last week really would have been it. Um, they didn't do it. I think they're encouraged by last weekend's game. I mean, Leach was, you know, at, at least as, as he goes, he was pretty positive after the game. And, and I think the team will feed off that. They'll enjoy being back home for the first time in a while. And uh, I think all of that plays into uh, plays into a Coug victory finally. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they do, if they don't get this win, um, Oh God. Yeah. I mean, who, then I mean, you go and you get spanked by Oregon and then you got to buy and then and Cal and ugh. yeah, it, 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 it could, could spiral. be, it could, yeah, it, it could, could spiral, spiral in a hurry. In a hurry. Um, but yes, but I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I'm, I'm probably a little more optimistic than you. Um, I just, that, that Colorado defense is so bad. Like I think it makes the WSU defense look better by comparison. And I, and I, and I do <laughs> Which think is really saying something. I do think by SP plus Colorado's offense is a touch overrated. Cause I really can't figure out why they're supposed to be so good. Um, obviously LaVisca Chanel, if healthy is terrifying, um, they do also have some other playmakers on the outside and and on the, um, that they can uh, go to. But I just um, I think that uh, if if this was a good weather game, we might have seen like a sixty three fifty six sixty three fifty two type of crazy one hundred and ten plus point thing. Um, I do think that the weather is going to dampen it. Um, the fact that Colorado will probably run even more because of the rain. WSE won't. Just no. you're going to want them to, and you're going to tear your hair out, and you're going to like <laughs> scream and yell. But it's not going to happen. They're not going to run the ball. They never do. They didn't run the ball in the snow last year. They don't run the ball in the the rain. Like it's just not going to happen. Um, but they'll run the ball a little bit, and it'll probably be pretty successful when they do. Um, but I actually think it's going to be pretty successful when they pass as well. Um, so I'm going to go, uh, uh, let's see, 45-35 uh, Cougs. So three That's points more than you. Still not covering, close, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I think we're both on the same page. I mean, it's... I, you know, it's, it's hard. I think just on some level, it's hard to fathom the team losing a fourth consecutive game. Like well, it's it just hard to fathom them losing. The totally. Third as well. Like exactly. I mean, all this stuff is hard. It, like it's hard to fathom giving up a 32 point lead with 15 minutes to go. I mean, it's like whatever. I mean, obviously all these things are hard to fathom, but I mean, at some point something's got to kick in. Right. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, and, and if you also want to go look back, uh, the last two games against Colorado in, in Martin Stadium have been right. awful weather. Awful and weather. And it was 28-0 and 27-3. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, you know, um, maybe this is just what Colorado gets shitty weather when they come to Pullman and they get their butts kicked, hopefully. Um, so hopefully that's the tradition. Hopefully that keeps going. Yeah. And uh, we finally can uh, get back to... 
uh, talking about a win yeah. on this weekend. And the shitty weather that we get in Pullman is shittier than the shitty weather they get in Colorado. Well, so provided it's not a th- thunderstorm. Right. I mean, they might get thunderstorms, they might get snow, but we get that freezing cold ass rain that's like so damn miserable i mean that game two years ago which is the uh incidentally where the picture that goes with the podcast was taken as i made my way up next to craig where i was like you have seats next to you you're under the overhang can we come sit next to you like i was was like in a light you were you were in full-on like winter gear and i was was, well i was wearing rain gear i was wearing rain gear yeah i I had my i had my i had my like me and my i had my buddy who went to colorado yeah with me and we we had like our jackets and he was delightful by the way he was a good sport Fun. Oh, he yeah, sent me. Old. He he was talking shit during the UCLA game, so uh, <laughs> he 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 got some f bombs for me, and we haven't messaged since. So uh, I, uh, I hope I hope we're still okay. Um, I hope we're but, still uh, friends. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was in I was in a state, but, did not need to, but uh, what I was but, saying was that Colorado looked like they did not really want to be there in that game. Yeah, and I yeah. and I wonder if you get some of that this time, particularly because this is their second consecutive road game coming off getting the snot beat out of them by Oregon. So Yeah. Um and it's and it's not even just the second consecutive road game. It's the second consecutive road game. They got the crap beat out of them last weekend and they have to make, you know, their farthest road trip in the Pac twelve. Like they've right. got a you know, fly all the way up to Washington from Colorado. And and, it, and that's not a short flight to begin with. And then they got to, you know, travel down from Spokane or whatever. I, I assume they're not flying into to Pullman, although maybe they are. I know the, the new uh, the new airport runway opened up, so maybe they are. But I don't know. It's 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 not a it, it's not a not a super easy flight. It's it's not a it's not a short jaunt. Um, and, I, and I have to think that those kinds of things affect them. And then when the weather is. Um, you know, frankly, just miserable. Like that's that's sort of the way to describe it, right? I mean, it's not just rainy; it's like cold, and it's gonna be yeah. Like when 40 it's, it's yeah, it's forty, rain. and it's and the wind is what really when you're yeah. wet and the wind is blowing, it's and they're gonna get hit. And if you can if you can put it on them just a little bit, you know, I know we said that about Arizona State, and but if you can put it on them a little bit, and it's cold and miserable, and maybe Montez throws a pick, you know, I mean, you know, they they could fold up. Uh, you know, you can imagine a scenario where they fold up pretty quickly. Yeah, let's hope for that. Um, let's, hope. let's let's hope for a goddamn W. Yes. Um, please, 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 please. All right, Pretty man. Please with sugar on top. I think this is our longest preview podcast. Yeah. Um, so, so you're welcome, we everyone. Should stop. Yeah, we should. <laughs> All right. So subscribe. Um, yes. Please subscribe. Uh, subscribe, rate five stars, tell a friend, uh, podcast versus everyone at gmail.com, questions, comments, or on Twitter at pod versus everyone or at the Craig Powers, um, all that stuff. And go Cougs. Go Cougs.